Hello, Coffee and Convo listeners. I hope this finds you well. It's your host, Liz Bullard. And if you're new to the Convos, welcome and thanks for tuning in. Coffee and Convos is the podcast where I talk with my friends, leaders in the community, business owners, and others who are just great at having conversation. And we talk about issues that are happening locally and issues that are happening globally. Um, And we discuss what's happening and how it might be affecting us here um, in the state of Connecticut, um, specifically Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, And over these next couple of convos, I'm going to be um, on this journey of, I'll say, self-exploration. I've had so many thoughts and questions as a result of uh, racial inequality, uh, especially following um, what has happened with George Floyd And some of the comments and things that I've seen posted on social media, some of the um, responses to things like All Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, um, everything involved with that. And so I had all these questions based on discussions that I've gotten into or discussions I've seen. And so over these next couple of combos, I'm going to kind of be addressing it from a personal standpoint um, as a way of exploring these larger um, global issues. And so this particular episode, I'm joined by um, my friend Margaret, and she helps me kind of figure out, am I a racist? As in getting in many of these conversations, which often turn heated, um, that's kind of the thing that gets thrown around, um, is that someone is a racist for disagreeing, or they're a racist for bringing up certain things, or for uh, maybe having a certain pride in their ethnic group. So we kind of discuss uh, many of those things this episode, Um, and so I hope that you gain a little insight into um, what's going on around the world, but also help explore yourself and some of the biases that you might have, because I think we all have biases, and that doesn't mean that we are racist or that we're wrong or that we're bad. But I think that in exploring um, our own development, it helps us just be better humans. And so um, I hope that's what you get out of this episode. And again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for um, liking Coffee and Combos on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Continue to be safe and to be well. And um, stay tuned for the episode right after this sponsored segment. Okay. Perfect. Can you hear me? Uh, Yes, I can. Awesome. And so um, before we like get into it, so like it's like this is literally just like one of our many conversations. So feel free to ask me questions and stuff. It's not like a a Q&A. Okay, cool. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Welcome to Coffee and Combos. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? You know what? I'm better than I'm talking to you. I, I feel oh, good. like up and down moments of this uh, this ride. Like we always talk about like 2020s their coaster. Literally a mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you've so been in a lot of ways. So I know that that's been pretty stressful for you. Yeah. So like it's just like every moment is a different. It's like stages of grief. Like. There's acceptance, there's anger, there's like, okay, then there's like bargaining, there's all of it, like it's all going on. Yeah, and I think that, I know in the past we talked about like re-traumatization too. Oh god, yeah. I feel is happening over and over and over again, Uh, but that's a different topic. (laughs) Girl, I'm gonna have to have you and a couple others come back and talk about that, because like that's real, that's real, but... Mm -hmm. Before we put the cart in front of the horse, um, welcome to Coffee and Combos. So I like to start all our combos with um, a, t- a coffee-related question. And I know you're a coffee drinker. Yes. Um, what's like your your perfect cup? Ooh, okay. So I had a friend who worked at Starbucks um, back during my internship, and she told me to get this coffee. She gave me the full, you know, <laughs> list of what to get. Yeah. And it is a, um, well, I get it from Starbucks. It was a caramel macchiato uh, hot with soy milk. Ooh. And it is 
literally the best thing ever. Um, it's just so good. You can't mess it up. <laughs> so that is, that is my, uh, soy milk for whatever reason makes the whole drink taste completely different and in a good way. You know what? Like, I feel that you would be a soy milk person. Like, I feel like, <laughs> you, I don't know, like, you, like, you know what? Like, you're not like regular milk, right? <laughs> No, you know, I've been trying to like experiment with different milks. We have Rebel Dog not too far from us, which they're like a phenomenal uh, coffee company. And so like I've been trying like oat milk, hemp milk, almond milk, any kind of milk. (laughs) They don't have soy, which is a bummer. But uh, hey, it is what it is. Like you're you're a type of person like you're just like open to anything and everyone and, oh, yeah, absolutely yeah and that's why I really wanted you to to participate in this conversation so for those of you listening let me back up just a little bit I didn't even introduce you I just kind of got into it and like that's how, <laughs> that's how all our conversations are like we just kind of like pick up no matter how long it's been like we just kind of like pick up and go <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but for those of you listening Margaret um I, like, we've only known each other, what, two years? <clears throat> oh, yeah, I think so. No, a little bit longer. It's been a year since I came back from Texas. So, yeah, maybe around two years. But I feel like we have known each other so long. Like, you just so get it. Like, you're just one of those people that's like, wow, like, you just get it. I'm blushing. <laughs> 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 Thanks. <laughs> So for this conversation, I thought it was very appropriate because we've had conversations about race. And Mm -hmm. so for this conversation, um, we're going to dabble into the, the, so what I want to answer by the end of this is, am I a racist, Margaret? I just want to know if I a racist, because I have been called a racist um, for having black pride for being liberal so like I just want to know like is the like is is this the new standard of 2020 like just help me like I didn't know like having black pride and wanting equality was being racist I, I didn't know calling people out for like their thoughts that are wrong or racist was making me a racist so I, by the end of the time mm, I hope we understand yeah that. yeah <laughs> yeah I yeah that's a whole conversation <laughs> into it but you know again for those listening Margaret it, we were started off as co-workers and you know we're, we're really good friends um, and we have these conversations and I think one reason at least in my opinion that we're able to have these conversations is you look at it from the point of view of kind of like being Polish versus mm-hmm. I like Americans I feel like Americans do this thing where like if you say anything negative or like hey like we need to improve it's like what do you mean we need to improve this is America we are perfect. Right. It needs to change. And I feel like other cultures, other races, we're just like, oh, like we could change this. We'll be all right. You know what I mean? Right. And I tend to look at it, I don't try to be one sided. Yes. So my background is social work. So I'm trying to always see what what and how are people seeing things and why are they seeing it that way? Is it related to You know, is it just related to their skin color? Is it related to their traditions, the way that they grew up? Is it related to their culture? Is it related to the pride that they have? And so there's a lot of different factors that I think people don't take into consideration or aren't open-minded enough to kind of look at what or why a person is feeling a certain way. Not to say that everyone's correct, and calling, you know, people racists and stuff because, mm. <laughs> but, but there's, you know, even for myself, and I know Liz and I, you and I have had this conversation for me at the beginning of all this was really hard trying to figure out where I sat and where I fit because I had all these different views and didn't know exactly where my thought process was. And it was a journey. Mm-hmm. And now I know where I am. And I, kind of explained to you before we got onto this podcast what was important to me and what I really don't care for. Mm. Um, So whereas some people might find certain things a lot more important and impeding. So yeah. (laughs) 
And I think that's a good place to start it because you touched upon a lot of things. And I think that um, these these conversations require vulnerability and openness. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that, you know, people are not going to agree on. And right. But I think that if, if we can all and not even agree to disagree, just agree to hear each other like and be like, mm-hmm. I understand your point of view. I understand why you feel that way. I think that's when growth can happen, because I feel like we're past an understanding point. We just need growth. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in talking about this concept of racism and things, I know one thing um, that is often a theme is people being silent or not posting about race or anything that's going on. And people saying silence is equal to violence or your silence is, is racism. And I understand that point of view because... For me, and we've kind of talked about this, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, yo, like, why? I need someone to speak up. Like, why are you not saying anything? Why are you not saying anything? Because Mm -hmm. it was just like you had all this hate speech or this rhetoric about definitive, like, Black Lives Matter movement is wrong. This is division. This is this, this or this. And, like, seeing people that was in politics or seeing friends not say anything was just kind of like, well, where do you stand? So can you talk a little bit about what you said about it being a journey before you spoke out? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So for me, um, taking it back to when this whole George Floyd thing happened, when the Black Lives Matter really blew up, um, I felt stuck and confused. You know, I'm a social worker. I know what I should believe in. Mm-hmm. I know what I should agree with. I usually don't have any troubles with making up my mind or, you know, not feeling confused and whatnot. And for me, this is probably one of the hardest things. Mm. (laughs) And it took a lot of soul searching. Mm. Um, Not because like, I'm, you know, I'm not racist. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I have a certain... I don't even want to say certain beliefs. Like, I feel like people should be treated equally. I feel like people, you know, cops should be accountable for their actions, no matter what race they are. Like if they're black, white, Asian, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like cops should be held accountable. If something negative happens, that's the way it should be. And no one should be treated differently based mm-hmm. on their skin color. Now for me at the beginning, I had some real, struggles because you know the media puts forth the looting and the rioting and I'm sitting there like you know I don't like I I I don't agree with it and I don't know why I didn't Mm -hmm. and that took me a while it took me several nights talking to my boyfriend like it kept me up at night because I was like why is this something that's confusing me so much why can't I just be like yeah, I understand. Mm. Um, And Liz, I know I've talked with you about this too. And what it came down to was after really discussing it, I can understand why people are angry. I Mm. can understand, you know, why people would act out in the way they would. But for me and the way that I run (laughs) myself (laughs) and my morals, I don't get angry. I would never be able to get angry enough to loot or riot. Mm -hmm. But above all, like in my body and myself, I would never be able to do something that I know would have a negative impact on someone else to the point where if I were to burn down their business, yeah, they may or may not have insurance. But the thing is, you're having an impact on that person, on their family, on their friends. And again, I can see that side where, yeah, you know, George George Floyd doesn't, he can't come back. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. But for me, uh, again, it's something that I know I personally wouldn't be able to do because it would have a lasting impact on someone else. Um, Not to dismiss his death, um, no, and I don't think that's what you're saying either, but I think right. it's like so 
real because I think that yeah. in that moment it went from a very just black and white world a really like right and wrong to we saw so much gray and like yeah. we entered a world of like I understand why you're angry and why you need to demonstrate your expression that way mm-hmm. but it's, then we also went into like everyone expressing their grief, their passion differently. Like some exactly. people some people were talking about policy. Some people were just being a support to, to those who were going through it. And so I think, but I think the, the key thing is you had this understanding and you mm-hmm. look inside of yourself to say, what is this triggering within me? And that pushed you to a place of growth. And I think that's what we need to see. And I feel right. like in looking at a lot of people's comments and things, it's it, we're seeing a lot of people just digging into their heels about what they say is right or what they feel is right without hearing mm-hmm. what right. And I think, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's and it puts you in a position because even though you want to educate someone, mm-hmm. it's like it's like a wall. You mm-hmm. really can't. Nothing that you say to them. Nothing that you. You can only hope that you make some impact, whether that it's an understanding. They don't have to fully agree, but just understand where someone's coming from. Or like, and again, you don't have to agree, but mm-hmm. being open-minded enough to see that there are more than one paths that someone can take or feel about a certain topic. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I know for you, <laughs> cool, I've been watching all of these conversations <laughs> that you've been getting into on on Facebook and I, I and, and you know I feel bad because like I've been there I've been watching you but girl I haven't said a single thing and the thing is I am so bad with confrontation because it raises my anxiety to such a high level that I just I can't do it for my own mental health <laughs> Mark, I just need you to be on the sidelines and be like, girl, just, just, like, they don't. Yes, and that's what I do. I am that support on the sidelines. I'm on the deep end because sometimes I just be trying to educate people. Okay, I yeah. just, I, and, and that's the whole reason for these combos is to mm-hmm. educate people, and then sometimes it just goes left. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, you do a really good job at educating. You keep it to the facts. You keep it. Sometimes you get it personally attacked, and <laughs> hey, you fight back the best you can, and you do good. But the thing is, is there are people who will outright call you racist for just being educated and having you know understanding and trying to push you down for whatever reason it doesn't make them look any better and you know it's just it's so ugly it really that's what it comes down to is like people are just ugly they're stuck in their ways you know racism is there's so many sides to it and I have never felt like a racist. <laughs> like, even though they must have called you racist, like, at least 15, 16 times. Um, no. <laughs> Clearly, you don't know what the meaning of racism is. Listen, I've um, called one person a Karen through this whole thing. Only one person. That's the only thing I've said negative. <laughs> can I just tell you, total sidetrack, um, I had a I had a Karen experience this week. Oh, girl. Uh, I was uh, within six feet of a woman, and she turned to me, looked at me, yelled at me, and said, "You need to be eight feet apart. That is <laughs> the CDC guidelines. That you need." And I literally, I had I was six I was more than six feet away, and she was angry at me because I stuck my hand out to like the side like diagonal a little to grab like a tea sample which it didn't even have any tea in it (laughs) so I like I can't (laughs) but anyways (laughs) that was my care moment crazy 2020 has turned people crazy like even the comments like so like I stay in these comments just reading the comments because I'm just like oh, like, this is how people really been feeling all this time? Like, I thought we decided that saying some of these things I'm reading is hate speech. But mm-hmm. people are so openly saying things, 
And I'm just like, and you know, like some people, oh, we'll just block them. I can't because some of these people are the people that are running for office. Some of these people are in your grocery store. Some of these uh -huh. people are in your mail. And I'm like, no, like, I want to know. You tell me all what you got to say. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. And you know what? And it kind of bothers me too. Like we, you and I actually just spoke about this before our conversation, the whole statue the, um, in Waterbury where the Christopher Columbus, they decapitated him. And that individual that you had that conversation with where he was like, oh, you think that's funny, X, mm -hmm. Y, Z, because of a comment that you made, which, you know, like the way, the way that you wrote, if it were any other situation, someone else would have been making that comment. If it were during this Black Lives Matter, this whole, you know, yeah. destroying of the, anyone would have made that comment. And for them to be like, oh, well, that means you're racist. No, sir, you would have made that comment yourself. If Just it, because it, someone else said it first. Awesome and he, we would all be laughing. Yeah, I mean, come on. And it's a statue. It is, you know, yes, I understand there's history behind it. And yes, I know people are very behind their history and would like to keep history alive. You know, and this kind of comes back to what I really care. I don't even want to say care for, but like what I find is important. Mm -hmm. So like, the statues, not not that important to me, you know. I like I really don't care, and that's just my opinion. That's and not something that I'm focused on. Well. So what's happening here in Waterbury is there's this Christopher Columbus statue, and mm -hmm. for many of you, you've seen statues across the world coming down that have the symbolism of race, uh, racism, and hate and slavery. So there has been this divide in Waterbury with the statue, and on the 4th of July, we wake up to the news that Christopher Columbus has lost his head. And there is now even more of this racial tension and this divide. And now um, there has been this tension regarding the statue and getting justice. And then you have people on the other side saying, wow, um, we want justice for a statue, but what about all the other injustices and racial divide? And so now there's like this tension and this rhetoric of your racist because you're not caring about the statue and you're racist because you don't care as much about the statue as you do other things. And so that's what that um, are referencing when we mentioned the Christopher Columbus statue here in town. Yeah. And like, again, for me, it's, I really, I don't really care. That's not my main focus. That's not my main focus. I like push it to the side. The mm -hmm. looting and rioting, the thing that had kept me up for nights, I took that and I pushed it to the side because that's not my main focus either. My mm -hmm. main focus is understanding and seeing what is going to be done to bring justice for those who have wronged, for those cops who have not been held accountable. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, it's that's what I find is important. And I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I see a call coming in from my mom. I'm <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But that's, you know, kind of throughout this journey, that's what I've had to do is I've had to break it down and see what do I find is the most important thing so that I can have conversations about that. Um, I think that's that so real. I can educate people on that as well because a lot of people are not educated. And I've had mm -hmm. conversations with quite a few people now. And surprisingly they've gone kind of well <laughs> <laughs> just to get their idea and their side but also you know I'm finding that there's a lot of uh other factors that are coming into play that I wasn't even thinking about uh, what those other factors and whatnot and Liz I have not talked to you about this mm. uh, and I don't know if you want me to bring it up why not? Let's go for okay. it. But um, so one of the conversations I had recently with um, an, a friend of someone is 
this conversation about presidency Mm -hmm. and uh, women and women of color Mm -hmm. and talking about, you know, how Biden may or may not want a woman vice president. Um, And the person had said point blank, (laughs) the United States is not ready for a person of color woman president. And I said, well, why not? I was like that. I was like, really? Okay. And, and and she started out with just saying, you know, a woman. And I said, well, I don't understand why not. And she's like, because they're not. I said, well, why not? Because they're not. I said, but give me a real answer because you're not giving me much of anything. <laughs> I'm like, you know, from the woman that I know, from women that I've worked with, you know, I they're more apt to get things done. Listen, women will have a fallout, but still get the job done. Like, they're like, oh, yes. we got a war going on. Okay, let me push this beef to the side. And, like, we'll just get mm-hmm. it done. <laughs> and, like, it's it's so sad to see that even women have this, like, terrible misconception of women and even people of color um, or women of, you know, women of color. It's just... Uh, it, It just shows how much work we still have left to be done on educating and like, you know, knowing, I I mean, sheer acceptance, first off, Um, you might have your own stigma of women, which I think is interesting because you're a woman yourself. Mm. I've heard that women can be emotional that they do xyz but when talking about a situation that happened at work with a co-worker that you wanted to change and you reported it to your boss who's a male and no nothing was done mm-hmm. you think a woman wouldn't do anything I'm pretty sure a woman would at least sympathize with you mm-hmm. or you know something to do get something done it's just it's such a weird dynamic and I think it's much more than like it, there, I think it's there's layers uh-huh. and there, there's there's layers it's it's so it's, many layers it's a complicated issue because there's just so many layers because like you said you right. have like women right and you would say okay like women would support women but no women don't support women then it's like it's just it's just this convoluted mixed up thing but I think it goes back to kind of how you first talked about we have our set of beliefs our set of morals our set of values and that's from our culture that's from our upbringing that's from our life experiences and we are now in a place in history where all of that is being challenged and it requires Mm -hmm. for you to soul search and be like why is this bringing this up in me? Why am I having this feeling? Why? It requires the soul Mm -hmm. searching because I think we're redefining our morals, our values. We're redefining life and Mm -hmm. that requires soul searching. And I think you have people that are afraid of that. And so Mm -hmm. you're you're seeing all this speech that it's like, that doesn't make any sense what you're saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a good... Um, you know, there's this whole all lives matter movement as well. Yeah. Right. Let's talk. And, huh? Let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, that was a difficult for peace for me too, because in my understanding of all lives matter, it wasn't just saying like, yeah, cops, all cops matter. And like, it's not saying that black people don't matter for me. At the beginning, I was like, yeah, all lives matter. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on how people um, the language. look at or understand what the definition is. Mm. Because the way that I interpret it or see it encapsulates a much larger group. Mm. It doesn't mean, you know, it, it's not. Mm. But someone would look at that and say, that person's racist because they believe all lives matter. No. I and but mm-hmm. but there is a there are a lot of people who in the same sense use all lives matter for that purpose. You know, it, there's no clear cut definition 
because everyone's going to interpret it differently for themselves. And, I, and unless you ask how someone interprets it, there you're not going to see it. And you might be quick to categorize someone based on how they, you know, how you perceive it. Um, you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. She goes, well, if anyone tells me all lives matter, then I can tell you that they're against me. Mm. Not necessarily, you know, kind of going back to that whole thing that I had going in me earlier in this journey with the whole looting and rioting. In my in my opinion, those people's lives matter. Mm. You know, the people that you're affecting, their their livelihood, everything that they've done to get where they are, their lives matter. I believe cops' lives matter too, but I know that there are a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the system who have you know have not been held accountable and there needs to be a change in the system doesn't mean that you know one life is more important than the next I think people it's a it goes down to accountability Mm. and really recognizing or learning what people mean by all lives matter when they say it does that person have the intention of um, or really behind it saying, well, you know, black lives are having this um, huge protest and whatever, but they're already included. No, we're saying black lives matter more because they're not being represented enough. Mm. But that you get what I'm saying. You're picking up what I'm putting down. I, I didn't know how to explain this as I thought about it prior to the podcast, but no, so I, I, think I, I because language, I you know, especially being in the field of um, mental health and human services, language is important. What you tell yourself, what so you important. Hear, language is important, and I do think that people, some people, struggle with Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, because. Like you're saying, there's some people that are like, well, like we all matter. And we do. We all mm-hmm. matter. And if you're going at it at the sense of that, yes. But I think it's turned into, and I don't know if this was always the intention of, of all lives matter, but it's right. now turned into, no, I don't want to hear about your black lives because you're included and everyone else is suffering and your suffering is just as equal. And I don't want to hear about the crimes committed about you because everyone else is equal. And that is where it turns into this, um, I don't want to say hate speech, but maybe hate speech. Mm -hmm. Because it's like when people are saying Black Lives Matter, or at least from my point of view, because again, like you said, I don't know if this is across the way. But Black Lives Matter is saying, I matter, so stop killing me. I matter, so stop saying that. I was only hired because of equal opportunity rights. I matter. So like, hear me when I'm talking about my racist experience, just like you're talking about your experience and you want me to hear. So I think language is important. And I think before we start like saying that this one's a racist, this one's a racist, this one's a racist, I think it's important to do like you did in that conversation and say, well, like, tell me more. Tell me more about, you know, so like, is this person just trying to figure out what they're saying or are they really like oh like you just don't care and so Mm -hmm. I think that that's important to have these conversations but I think that the voices and the noise from people who are just like nope I don't want to change you have to keep doing what you're doing is so loud that it cuts Mm -hmm. through us having the conversation and really gaining knowledge and understanding yeah I agree I agree 100 percent I think there's a lot of ignorance in this world and, um, you know, and I think a lot of it boils down to fear, Mm. fear that's um, translated into anger or keeping their stance because they feel that maybe, you know, things are changing and they're not ready for that. And And change can be good. And the change can be good if you're open to it. But if you feel like it's a personal attack against you, then maybe that's why people are acting out the way they are. They will never tell you that they're fearful. Mm. But 
from what it seems like that can I mean from my the way that I look at it mm-hmm. it may just be fear of not knowing what may happen as a result of agreeing or understanding or why should we change to please someone else but that is pure ignorance and that is just fear you know i'm 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 glad you brought up that about fear and ignorance because i i do feel like i feel like you have people that are like legit racist right and he, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you have people that are are ignorant and i feel like you have people that are figuring figuring it out and and like there's there's all these categories and i feel like if people are stuck in ignorance they can either go and be knowledgeable or go and be racist and i hope that right. you choose to get knowledge mhm yeah and it's hard for people to even come to the point to accept knowledge or understanding or be in that vulnerable state when they can't even separate themselves from thinking that they're right like that they're wrong um or having a different perception or point of view um again doesn't make it i like i'm not saying that that is an excuse but i think that's why a lot of people act out in the way that they do but i think uh, a lot of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think of this because I think you're right because like some again I've been staying in these comments girl trying to understand <laughs> and like I see a lot of people are like they're worried about losing their constitutional right or or why do we have to change and I, I think that there's this fear of what does change look like and yeah. change does not mean that you lose your rights change does not mean that you stop being heard or that your history or that you're wrong because you're white, black, Native American, whatever. It's just acknowledging that like, yeah, we have all have a history. We're like, no, nah, we all got the short end of the stick. America wasn't as great as we thought it to be. And like, we want to make it as great as what the documents say. Like we said freedom for all. We said this for all. Yeah, but we always had exclusion. So let's really make it for all. And I I think people are afraid of what does that look like and is that possible? And I think that we need to believe and have hope that it is possible for us all to have hope and faith and just human rights, just pure human rights is all we're asking for. We're not even asking for everyone to have a home and a mansion and all this. We're just asking for equal rights. Right. And I think people... People who don't understand that think of it as a much greater thing. Mm. I don't think they just see it broken down to asking for human rights. I think they think of it as like feeling, I don't know, entitled, Mm. feeling some kind of, um, I, I don't even know how to explain it because there I can't even explain it because I'm not in their shoes. Um, but I feel like it's not just down to having equal rights for a lot of people who are like very, I hate to say this, rightist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe they have their own thoughts on what it means or what people are looking for or what. And it's kind of (laughs) sad in a way um, because you can't just look at that and see like, you know, people are just really asking for rights. Hey, like, can we get a little of that? Um, (laughs) You know, it's just a little bit, right? Just just a little bit. I mean, just some justice, you know, that'd be really dope. Um, (laughs) But like, it's, it's just some simple people have fears. People are looking at, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of stigma Mm. around the black community, Mm. which I hate to say as a white person, but I think there is, and there has been for a long time. Um, And I think that makes people fearful. I think they look at, one person's actions and attach it to an entire community and um but that's with 
Oh, like that's real. And I'm glad like that you say that because sometimes, and, and I, I hate how, it, and like this is, as we talk about racism, like these are some things in racism that I would like to stop. When people, especially black people are telling you that, hey, I've had this racist experience or that, you know, I was judged or I was this or that. Stop gaslighting people and saying, oh, that's not what really happened or Maybe you're looking at it wrong, or maybe you shouldn't have done. No, if someone like we wouldn't do that. Like if somebody, well, actually, I take it back. We do do that. Like when people are, are raped, right? We do. Well, mm -hmm. like what were you doing that you were in that position? You know, do, were you wearing something? Were you somewhere? Like no, it's not their fault. They're telling you about their negative experience. Let them live in their truth and stop gaslighting them and making them feel like it's not real. That is not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> period. I, period. <laughs> like, I have no words. That's you. You kind of said it all. Yeah. There. Right there. Um, yeah. And it's. And I think. And this is the other thing that kind of pisses me off. Mm -hmm. um, in conversations that I've had, you've had negative experience with you know, black individuals where you felt like they felt entitled because they responded a different way. And yes, I don't agree with the way that they responded. I would have responded differently, but that does not make them any different than the cranky old, you know, 75 year old white man who's screaming at you at a CVS counter while you're filling his prescriptions. Like, Ooh, that's right. <laughs> Um, and you know, it, because there's, I've been in that situation. It ain't cute. It ain't fun. Um, but there's no difference in that a person is a person because of the way that they choose to respond. You know, you can't just automatically assume that an entire race is the same because of your interaction with one or many instances where you've been, you feel you've been uh, attacked or hurt or not heard or um, feel like someone has used their color in a way that has brought them more it's it's kind of bullshit <laughs> <laughs> like color aside the way that a person reacts is the way that a person reacts and you know what Oftentimes they react wrong. I don't know if it's based on their upbringing. I don't know if it's based on their life experiences. I don't know if it's a survival method. I don't know if it is a, um, a defense mechanism. That person is the way that they are based on their environment, based on the way that they were raised, they, based on experiences they may have had. They may have had negative experiences in the same way with white people if they're black. You cannot post judgment on one culture based on their skin color, based on an interaction that you had with one person or multiple. That's what it comes down to. And you need to be, and I feel like I'm talking like you need to. <laughs> no, but like you have to be able to separate yourself and be like, that's one individual. And did they react the proper way or the way that you would have liked or hoped? Maybe not, but that does not mean that you can look at an entire culture and say they're all the same because they're not. And I don't care about your education level. I don't care about, you know, if, and I've heard this too, that like, you know, oh, because they're educated, they're better. No. Yes. It's the way that a person grows up, the way that they are taught you can have some of the, oh, and the other thing. I mean, you can, <laughs> I'm just like thinking about religion, not even throwing that piece in because you could be a very religious person, but your actions may not be Christian at all. <laughs> Girl, that is a whole other conversation. But yes. Back to what you say, I feel like we put all this, these qualifiers, like yeah. all black people are harmful unless they're educated or all this person is this unless they, like we got to stop putting qualifiers, you know? Yeah.
know, like people react based on their experiences and, and things like that. And like, if you have a conversation, you educate someone like, hey, like this is really what went on. It's like, oh, okay. Like I understand where you're coming from and so on and so forth. Let me reframe and change. But I feel like, again, like we're not doing that. I feel like, okay, we're just lumping everyone in baskets. And it's mm. like, you got to get rid of the basket mentality. Like, like we are all different and we're all out here trying to just survive and, and make it. And I feel like when we just lump everyone in, in baskets, um, I, I think it's because we don't really want to deal with the issues. You know what I mean? Like, I think mm. a lot of what we've talked about, what you talked about, like you're unpacking things, right? Like you're unpacking different compartments within yourself and, and that requires work. Yeah. It's a lot of emotional work, <laughs> but it makes me, you know, I think in my professional sense and as well as myself as a, you know, human being, I think it opens up gateways to like understand or be more understanding and open to different people. It's not, I, and I appreciate that because it gives me more pathways to go down. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like it's allowed me to grow. Mm -hmm. and learn more about myself that maybe I never, you know, maybe I never would have thought about it this way, or maybe I wouldn't have had that confliction or that confusion or why. And knowing that what, you know, identifying what is important to me versus what might be important to others, it's, it's a lot of growth. <laughs> mm -hmm. And one thing I want to also touch upon is because I've also seen this on, on social media and I've been called a racist for having like black pride, right? This of mm. uh, I want to learn more about my culture and, and people that I, you know, I didn't learn about in school and things. And so I share that on social media or I share just different things about being black because that's what we're going through and I'm black. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So I have been called a racist because, oh, you only share about black people. Well, I mean, I'm black. Yeah. But I do care about white people and white people things or, or Asian and all of this other things or things that just right. everyone. But is having this pride in one's own culture or ethnic group, um, whether that's Italian, African American, whatever, does that make you a racist? I don't think so. I well <laughs> you know what? I think there's I think there's a song, I think what is it called? I can't remember, but there is like this show on, um, there's a puppet show or whatever. It was like on Broadway. I can't remember what it's called right now, but there's a song that everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it really, I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, because you really don't know what it's hard to define what a racist is I think nowadays um well let me give you an example of something that happened to um us recently and it's interesting because <laughs> we just thought it was funny but we were like huh I wonder what <clears throat> so we had a situation where and it's not really a situation um my boyfriend had texted me he goes oh I'm at the neighbor blah 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 I said cool so she's a neighbor who's living next door to us. And um, she wanted to ask us some questions because we have a bunch of plants. And she saw my boyfriend, you know, watering the plants late at night and um, came over to our window and like knocked on it. Uh -huh. And he came up to the window and she's like, oh, and mind you, this is a black woman. Uh -huh. very, And she goes, oh, you're white. <laughs> yeah <laughs> she goes I thought you're a black man I feel more comfortable <laughs> and we're like well <laughs> he's like how could I help you and she's like well I really liked it and they had an awesome conversation and she was you know I had spoken with her not long after because she came up to my wedding she goes I thought your husband was black and I go first off he's not my husband and second off <laughs> No, but I heard the story. <laughs> she goes, I just felt more comfortable. If I, and I was like, yeah, I know. It's like, but he's nothing to be scared about. Like, he's a, he's a teddy bear. Um, but, you know, and it was interesting, too, because when I spoke with her that day, you know, she was talking about how she was going to be moving and how, 
she has um, Puerto Rican neighbors and then started talking about all the negative things about them. And I was like, so interesting to see how a person who is black and off, you know, I'm sure has experienced racism is now going off on another culture and very stereotypically stigmatized things they hear about that culture. And it's, so I don't think there's a clear definition of what race is, uh, racism is. I think it boils down to, I think people have based on their experiences or their assumptions of a group of people. Mm. It's, or even like, I feel like people tend to feed or create their own dialogue like the people that you've been interacting with Mm -hmm. they won't think about you know what what a racist they they won't see themselves as a racist they'll see you as a racist because they feel like you're against white people oh so it's more like projecting so are people because of one's own action it's like you know what I mean so like I've had conversations, right? And I didn't call anyone out their name, but they mm-hmm. internalized my words as me saying that they were white supremacist or racist or this. I'm like, no, like I didn't right. say, I just I just said that your fact was wrong. Here's the data. Here's the link. <laughs> yeah. And I think people interpret the way that people interpret things is how they perceive it. So I think the way that that person's perceiving it is that they're saying you're racist against white people. I've never heard you say a dang thing about <laughs> me being white and you being racist towards me, but because you're trying to simply educate someone, they're thinking it as they're perceiving you to be racist because they're not educated enough or they might, you know, what whatever it may be, it's like they all, they create their own dialogue about someone else. Mm. So I think, again, I I think it just goes back to the original conversation of looking inward and and soul searching, because I do, I think that we can all have moments where we're just a little racist. (laughs) Yeah. I think that especially, um, I I think that's especially prone when you are constantly um, bombarded with you know, this one is bad, this one is bad. And so you have to somewhat defend yourself or defend your culture. Like you have to find ways to be prideful because sometimes there's things across all cultures. I'm not just talking about one culture, across all cultures where it's like one is wrong and this one is wrong. So you have to have like this pride, which sometimes Mm -hmm. can cross that racist barrier. And you'd be like, listen, you was wrong because you don't look like me. And then like you, you soul search and you check yourself. And sometimes you soul search when you meet just good people that don't look like you. And so I, I just think that this concept of racism and racist and all that, you, we have to continue to just to talk about race and to talk about what is really going on and how people really feel. Because some people really feel how they are because of, of just being ignorant, not understanding what it's like to um, be disenfranchised or what it would, you know. So I think it's just all about soul searching. It's all about soul searching and just being kind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think people have so many stigmas that like it's hard for people to separate that and just be kind to a person of a different. For example, I have a client who's Italian and he's from one part of Italy versus he has a neighbor who's from another part of Italy Mm -hmm. and they hate each other. Really? Really? absolutely hate each other you'd think being italian unites them Hmm. absolutely not i learned a lot that day (laughs) but it can it can be something as basic as being from one part of a country to a second part and having this blown up stigma because they're from a different part and you can be racist i mean i if, if racist is even the right term, against that same person, even though you belong under the same umbrella. So there's no clear cut, I think, um, definition of what race is, because I believe it exists in so many different ways. Mm. And, it's so many, and it has so many different definitions. 
there's not just one clear cut definition, but also I think what it boils down to is like you said, being kind to one another, like putting things aside, just understanding, being able to have a conversation, opening yourself up to conversation. And that's really hard for some people to do. Mm. Um, And that might take years. It might take soul searching, which some people don't even want to even participate with because they might think that there's nothing wrong with them. Um, Not to say that there is, but Mm -hmm. um, I think there is, it's, and that's where it becomes so difficult. What racism is in 2020, Mm. I don't think it's a solid answer, you know? I think we have like new levels of like racism. Like there's just something (laughs) old school racism. Like you're like inward (laughs) racism. Mm -hmm. And have like this, like, oh, like you're going to like my Black Matter Lives post, but then you're going to be like, oh, but no, like actually your life doesn't matter racism. There's just, it's just 2020. It's just, can we just throw it away? Can we just throw 2020 away? Crash it. Put it in the trash bin. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Just kicking our butts over here. But thank you, Margaret, for, for, for being vulnerable and like having the touch tough conversation. Because I, I think it's hard. And I think it, yeah. it's hard um because it's so sensitive and it stirs up different things because sometimes in this reality, racism oftentimes can be and end up in, in someone being abused or, or victimized or assaulted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, the hard part about racism and racism is never okay, but I think we need to talk about race. And I think talking about race does not mean you are a racist. And I think we need to sometimes make that distinction. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. So, Margaret, as we come to a close, is there any last things that you would like to leave us with? Any last words of wisdom? Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) My biggest piece of advice is be willing to listen to people. Open your ears and try to understand where they're coming from. You know, it doesn't matter what your own experiences are. And you don't have to accept anything and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. But just being able to listen to what someone's ideas, philosophies, opinions, you know, and maybe question it sometimes. And it doesn't, you know, not questioning it to bring someone down, but just to educate yourself further. Because I think that will bring a lot more personal growth for yourself and I think ultimately can be beneficial for your community and the world. Um, And people don't do that enough. Um, And I think it's such an important critical piece in understanding humans as we are, understanding their background, where they come from, why they have such strong beliefs and what it's associated to. Um, But people just need to allow themselves to be vulnerable and listen and understand and hear what others are saying. And that's my final piece. (laughs) But I I totally agree. It's like my mother always says, it doesn't cost you anything to listen. You don't have to, but you know, listen, because it might make you say, you know what? I stand firm in my belief. And it might make you say, Hmm, I never thought about it from that point of view. Mm Mm-hmm. And before we close, it's our last segment where I ask um, my guest, what are three things you're putting in your cup to get you through today? And for me, um, the three things I'm putting in my cup are faith, um, inspiration, and joy. I I need faith that humanity, like we are going to like pull through and pull through better. And we're not going to use these band-aid solutions like we've done over years, um, which has now got us to this point again. Um, I need mm-hmm. inspiration. I, I want to continue to have this conversation and continue to talk about these issues that are really real, um, but in a way that continues to light fire in others. Um, and I need joy because sometimes there's just a lot of pain and sadness as we talk about tough issues. Um, so you need joy to just keep you going. So those are the three things, faith, inspiration, and joy that I'm putting in my cup to get me through. Um, what about <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> my first thought was coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> um, I think, let's see, that's a good question, Liz. Um, one of the things, uh, well, we'll start with love, I think, passing love and expressing love in any way you can to people mm-hmm. either you, you know, just randomly meet. Mm. I, smiling, some doing something small to make an impact on someone else. Mm. Um, I think that's a big piece. I don't know how to word that, but that'll be my number one. Um, it's hard to put it into one word. Um, it could be multiple. I'll allow you to have multiple. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always try to focus on being grateful. Mm. Um, grateful for, you know, the people that I have in my life, what I, what I do or what I have, um, that brings me joy. And, um, so I always try to reflect at night, like, what am I grateful for? Why, why, what can I do better? Mm Um, and let's see, and my third, hmm, I don't know, joy. I'm just going to try to enjoy today. It's hard to put it three words. You did it very well, girl. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, I think I'm just going to try to take today and reset. And I have plans on going kayaking. So that should bring some joy to me today as well. Well, Girl, enjoy the joy of the nature. Let's add nature to your cup as well. Oh, I love nature. That does... (laughs) Let me tell you, the ocean does something new for me, the really? water, and it does something that it just rejuvenates my entire existence. Like, I can have a terrible day and just bring me to, like, a lake, <laughs> and it just puts me in a whole different mindset. So I think even though we don't really think of it as something that can have an impact, I think nature really can kind of reset mm. us. Um, whether it be spiritually or just physically, mentally, emotionally, and all that. Well, Margaret, you helped me reset all of that. My <laughs> are alive now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> You've got to come back and have another combo with us. Thank you so much. Um, take no care. Thank you. You as well. <laughs>